And this is Andrew. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast where we look back at very special episodes of television from the 80s and 90s to see what they have to teach us today. Today, we are watching one of my very favorite shows, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Uh, We are watching season four, episode one. The name of the episode is No Place Like Home. It was written by Daniel Berenson. It aired on September 24th, 1999, and you can watch it and the rest of Sabrina on Hulu. Fantastic. So I'm not I'm not bullshitting around today. We're getting right to this snack. Yeah, it's we have staring a, me in the face. We have a great snack. It was sent to us by uh, Lauren and Corey. Thank you very much Thanks. for this amazing snack. It was delivered by Delicious Cookies mm-hmm. and Milk here in Los Angeles. They brought us yesterday a big old box of different kinds of cookies and a jug of milk sure. to go with them. It's very nice. So we've got several different kinds here. Uh, we have an, uh, an assortment. And we're going to give you an honest and unbiased review of delicious cookies. Who knows, who knows if we'll like them or not, honestly. Oh man, those cookies are amazing. Yeah, I'm sure it, the the break is is the same as it always was, but that was a lot of us sitting around eating for a while. Yep, there we had like a chocolate one that was kind of more like a cake, mm-hmm. and a peanut butter one that was very delicious, and then a cinnamon brulee one that was kind of thin and crispy, and a chocolate chip cookie that was thin but still really moist. It's good. It worked um, out, and peanut butter. Yeah, even known sweets. Uh, avoider Miles tried some of these cookies. What, what was your thought? Yeah. Uh, that is one amazing chocolate chip cookie, my friends. <laughs> From the horse's mouth, you you've heard it here first. Yes. Delicious Sound cookies. engineer Miles is the only horse who navigates a submarine <laughs> successfully. <laughs> And you heard it from him. <laughs> Delicious cookies here in Los Angeles. You can get them delivered with milk to your friends. Thank you again, Lauren and Corey. These were fantastic. And if you have any cookies and you want to sponsor us, <laughs> you could start by sending us those cookies. Yeah, we have a post office box here in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's on our website. You can find it real easy. Send us some snacks. Send us snacks, peoples. I mean, it's the least you can do. Even if we don't like the snack, we'll talk about how great you are for sending it on the air. Yeah. Wouldn't you like us to be happy? Aren't you seeking our validation? You can get it. It's cheap. <laughs> so, Chelsea, let's talk about a goddamn episode of television. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I am many emotions. I'm going to start this because it's very important that we understand a couple of things. Number one, I have never seen a single episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That was going to be my first question. Number two, it's also very important to note that Chelsea chose this episode. The last thing that is important to note is I didn't look up anything about this episode (laughs) before I went into it. So my notes are a little (laughs) interesting. And I'll try to hold on to the spirit of those notes as we move through it. (laughs) 
So let's let's just try to keep it as chronological as possible so that you can understand, I don't know, my many emotions like confusion and outrage. I will say two things about Sabrina the Teenage Witch okay. that I, I didn't need to even turn on the episode to note. Number one, thank you, Sabrina Teenage the Witch, for putting a well-placed comma into your episode <laughs> yes, title right? or your, your, your series, series title, title, Sabrina, comma, the Teenage Witch, and B... Thank you, uh, along the same lines, for telling me exactly everything I need to know about the entire series from just your title. <laughs> Sabrina, Teenage Witch, done. Yep, there you go. And all the things that come attached to that. Uh, the show ran for seven seasons, 163 episodes from mm. 1996 to 2003. It was a huge hit. It's based on characters created by writer George Gadir and artist Dan DiCarlo. Sabrina first appeared in the comic books Archie's Madhouse, issue number 22, in October 1962. So, wow. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, very old character. As you probably know, currently a reboot on Netflix, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, much That's... darker in tone. It's based on the 2014 reboot of the comic which is a lot, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, it's gotcha. a lot darker than the Archie, original 1960s Archie Sabrina. So they're just, so we just need to seek out other Archie-related things and reboot them all. Yep. Um, Archie lives in Riverdale. Sabrina lives in Greendale, which is right next to Riverdale. Sure. And nearly six months before the TV series premiered on April 7, 1996, the show's unofficial pilot premiered as a TV movie on Showtime. Ryan Reynolds played Seth, oh. Sabrina's short-lived love interest. Interesting. The way this show came about is really interesting to me because I feel like we don't talk about this enough, about Melissa Jonah Hart and her mother as Hollywood power players. I, I don't know anything about it's this. such an interesting thing. So first of all, their production company, Heartbreak Films, yeah. is a producer on this. And this, interestingly, season four, episode one, is the first episode where Melissa Joan Hart herself is credited as a producer. She's 23 years old at this point. Jesus. Uh, so her mother, Paula, was instrumental in turning the comic into a TV series. As Melissa Joan Hart said in an interview with Marie Claire, her mother was handed the Archie comic book on a playground in Manhattan and sold it to Viacom as a Showtime movie. She always knew it would make an incredible series and no one would listen until she cut together a trailer. Her mother cut together a trailer from the movie and pitched it to all four major networks at the time, which inspired ABC and NBC to get into a bidding war to snatch up the series. And then Paula and Melissa decided ABC was the right place because they loved the TGIF lineup. Right on. So ABC was counting on Clueless as their big breakout show that year, which would have been 1995. Mm -hmm. They were following Clueless, but Sabrina ended up being the fan favorite. Clueless, very famously, very short-lived. Mm -hmm. They held their spot on ABC, even forcing Everybody Loves Raymond to move to a different night for four years until they moved to the WB for the final three seasons. It it was ABC's highest rated TGIF show, but they let it go after four seasons anyway, for various money reasons, it seems. And then the WB stepped in and offered an order for 44 episodes, two full seasons, which would automatically put the show into syndication. And so they were like, great, we're moving over to the WB. ABC didn't mean to let the show go, but they didn't want to pay what Viacom and Paramount were asking. Sure. They were asking a per episode license fee of 1.3 to 1.5 million. Mm -hmm. And ABC was like, we're not paying that. 
and WB said, we're not going to give you that much. We're going to give you 675000 per episode, but we'll get full order 44 episodes right off the bat, which will put your show in syndication. And so they were like, great, we're moving over. So that's a little bit of the history of the show. That's crazy. That's a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's so fascinating. I'm just imagining like Melissa Joan Hart, who's 23, but like when she starts all this as a teenager and her mother going into meetings and they're yeah. like matching blazers. Um, <laughs> I just think it's really cool. Of course, she was a child star from Clarissa Explains It yes, All on Nickelodeon. Yes, which I a lot when uh, I was a kid. So she was, she was an established property, an established name, before they even sat down at the bargaining table to pitch this show. And then it ended up being this enormous hit that ran for so long. And it's still... I rewatched it on Hulu like four or five years ago. I just rewatched the entire thing because I was like... Why not? Sure. I had a lot of emotions. A lot um, of the same emotions that I had watching this today. I'm yes. eager to know what your emotions were. Oh, you'll hear all about them. All you need to really know about The Ordinary World, as Andy said, is that she's a teenager yeah. navigating high school while dealing with being half-mortal, half-witch. And she lives with her 600-year-old aunts. And what's her name? Sabrina. Done. So we uh, open up on their home, and it is Sabrina's 18th birthday. Yep. And her aunts are preparing a party. And Sabrina's aunts, Hilda and Zelda, are getting teary just thinking about the fact that at the end of this year, she's going to be leaving home to go to college. They are very sad about the prospect of being empty nesters. But they can't let Sabrina see them like that. So one of them casts a smiling spell upon themselves, which causes them to smile and their smiles glisten. Mm -hmm. And I immediately flash back to like, this is just updated small wonder humor right here. Or bewitched humor. Yes. Where it's like, whoa. Yeah. But it's like the best special effects they have for the time. (laughs) Uh, Which, you know, dates it a bit. Sabrina comes and goes and Salem's like, you'll still have me. And uh, I wrote down, who who the fuck is Salem? Uh, because here's the here's the first here's my first question: How did I know his name was Salem? Well, his name was Salem in the comics. So if you know, uh, anything no, no, no. How do I know it? Because I just knew <laughs> Don't it. No, Salem is not a talking cat. Salem oh. is a warlock who tried to take over the world. Who's being punished? Uh, okay. He's doing penance, living in the body of a cat, and they are kind of his wardens. But they treat him like a cat. Like they pick him up and scratch his ears and kiss him and talk to him like he's a cat that lives in their house. But in fact, he is a he's a warlock that is doing time, basically. Sure. In the body of a cat. Okay. That's well enough. I don't know why I know his name. Uh, it's just, nice it's to have that explained. Guys. But that's that's it. That's the end of the cold open. Yeah. We- well, big news though, because if you're a fan of the show, oh. there's a lot of cast shakeups in this episode uh-huh. because it's the beginning of season four. So we find out first of all that Libby, who has been the class bitch, who's been Sabrina's nemesis for three oh, seasons, yeah. has been sent to boarding school. So Libby's gone. So that's the first cast shakeup, and we're gonna get some more as we continue sure through the episode. Are. And I won't understand any of them. I'll help. Like already, I didn't know what that was. I was like, she went to boarding school, and I'm like, cool. What's up with this cat, though? <laughs> so we go into a completely unnecessary title sequence, because once again, you just put the title on the screen. Yeah, and it's new. I think this is the first season they do this. It's just Melissa Joan Hart in different costumes, and other cast members floating by in bubbles, while someone just sings the word secret over and over again. Oh, no, again. I've written down all the lyrics here to this theme song. It was just secret. Mm, you would think so. It's a little bit more than that. <clears throat> secret. You're never going to know. You're never going to guess. La da 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 da. Seek secret. Secret. Thunderclap. 
So I feel like I've that's just extra insight for me. I'm like, oh, it's something's a secret. This is a very this is season four. You've read the title, you know what this is. I know. Theme song. I just they somebody did that for them and they were like, yes. Oh, this really works. We don't need to leave this just an instrumental thing. That thunderclap really sells it. <laughs> Okay, so we go into Act 1, and we're in Sabrina's room, and she's rearranging her room so that her best friend Valerie can stay with them. Yeah. Valerie's family is moving to Anchorage, but Sabrina wants to help Valerie finish high school in Witchtown, or Teensylvania, or Sabrinaton. Greendale. Uh, it's a real Urkel in the Attic situation. I'm assuming that the title of this series can answer all of my questions. <laughs> yeah, yes. Salem the Talking Cat is pissed. No one at this point except for Sabrina's mother, who is mortal. No mortals know that Sabrina is half-witch. Gotcha. So no one at school knows. A lot of the hijinks of the show center around people almost finding out and her, her having to do damage control. Salem is pissed because when Valerie moves in, he won't be able to talk mm. and the ants won't be able to do magic. And how are we going to keep this all under wraps with this mortal? How are you going to keep it a se secret, secret thunderclap? Exactly. And so a lot of things are changing in this ordinary world at the top of season four. We still don't have a real call to adventure, but Libby, the nemesis is out. It sounds like Valerie is going to be moving in. No magic around the house for nine months. This is would be a big shakeup sure. in the world of the show. Absolutely. So we go to the living room where the aunts are decorating for Sabrina's party. And then, pladow, it's Sabrina's party where it's just the aunts and Sabrina. Yep. And I feel kind of sad. Well, they're the only people that can do magic. So I guess it's a magic party. I don't know. Sabrina's opening it's presents. Just three people. She's opening presents, and she mentions that she really wants Britney Spears concert tickets. The Britney Spears concert is brought up here, people, and it's a very important plot point. Foreshadowing. Hold on to, hold on to that one. Write it down. Where you are, pull over. Write it down. She opens up a box, and her dad pops out of it, special effects style. Mm -hmm. It looks to be a very flat box, but her dad, who's a grown adult male, steps out of it, which Aunt Zelda says that explains the air holes. She couldn't live with her dad before because he traveled too much. He's in the other realm, which is the magical side of the world, the other realm, foreign service. And she can't even see her mortal mother right now, because if she sees her mother, she will. her mother will turn into a ball of wax. This is why she's being raised by her aunts. Oh. So the father's like, you can come live in Paris with me. Yep. And the aunts are like, uh-oh, like right away. Yep. Like, go right now. And the aunts go into the kitchen where there are two cakes. Right. One of them says one, and one of them says eight. Well, there are two ants, so they each baked a cake. I don't know why there are two cakes. It's two fucking cakes. <laughs> for, for three people. <laughs> for three people. You're going to need to eat that many cakes because of your loneliness, I guess. This is hey, here's cake for your poorly attended party. Eat up. This, this is the call to adventure. Uh, yeah. Sabrina's dad says, I'm semi-retiring from the other realm foreign service. I want you to move to Paris and live with me immediately. He zaps in some luggage for her yep. to pack. The ants are very bummed, but they're like, we don't want to try to influence her decision. So they go into the other room with the cakes and cast that smiling spell on themselves. Sabrina's very excited about the Paris possibilities, but I'm like, what about Valerie? I thought yeah, Valerie like was literally, It takes her a second to remember her, you know... The whole thing she's been doing today. So a boy shows up. Harvey. Don't learn that for Sabrina's like five boyfriend. or six episodes, for five or six scenes. So if I keep calling him a boy, you'll know why. Harvey. Harvey Kinkle. Sure. A boy shows up and he thinks that the smiling spell means that everyone at the party, all three of them are having a great time. 
and this is a great party. It's not. They're not. It's not. So they go out to the porch where he gives her a present, and Sabrina's like, I hope it's tickets to the Britney Spears concert. Yeah. And it's not. It's passes. Parking for, passes. For the parking lot outside the Britney Spears concert. And I'm like, you know what? You know what's nice, though? A sweater. Harvey comes from modest means. Um, he has been able to obtain parking shameful passes. shameful means right here. <laughs> and they're going to listen to the concert from the car. Can you do that, though? I don't know. No, you can't. People go and listen to stuff behind the Greek when people play at the Greek and they don't want to pay for tickets. Maybe you should just go to the movies. Maybe you should go rent Crossroads. It has to be the Britney Spears concert, and you know it does. I know it does, but this sounds like the worst present ever. It's like, hey, let's go hang out in the fucking parking lot for three hours. So Sabrina's... But she's, she's happy about absolutely. it because it came from Harvey, and they love each other very much. They've been dating since season one. Yep. He's immortal. He doesn't know she's a witch. He's and amortal. He's a space mortal. Gotcha. So she goes in and announces to her dad, hey, I'm not going to move to Paris. There's just too much going on here. First things first, based on this and this alone, the events that we've heard so far, she tells the boy that it's going to be the best year ever. And I wrote down, think of all the parking lots that they'll attend. (laughs) Slipknot parking lot. Lincoln Park. A green parking lot. (laughs) The grocery store parking lot where we can look at groceries from a distance. It's going to be a veritable parking lot smorgasbord. Mm -hmm. Sabrina goes in and says, hey, Dad, I'm I'm just going to not move to Paris. There's a lot going on. Harvey, who I love. Valerie, my best friend's moving in. Going to a parking lot. Senior of high school. And I hear the French can be rude. She's got to throw that little joke in there. There's a bit of of French whatnots. So, yeah. And her father's like, I get it. But the aunts are elated. But he says, keep thinking about it. Oh, sure. Yeah, So this is the thing. Because I was like, oh, so was that the call to adventure then? Because if she's already decided. It's a great question. um, Except that he, he leaves the door open. He's like, I really miss you. And I really wish you would just keep thinking about it. And she's like, okay. The aunts are very excited that she's not moving. So two things. They turn around and the ants are like smiling and, and hugging each other. And their excuse is, we were checking for chiggers. Fun story. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, mm-hmm. there's this kid who lived two doors down from me. Yeah. His sister caught him masturbating and he said, I was checking for chiggers. And it ruined his whole life. But that's okay <laughs> because he was kind of a creep. If there was a most likely to be involved in a police standoff in the yearbook, (laughs) he would have won. Here's the other thing. I wrote down, hey, witches, can you make some kind of story appear? We're six minutes into this 21-minute episode and nothing's happened. Here's the thing, Chelsea. You've chosen this episode for our podcast about very special episodes. Shows and episodes that deal with things like drugs and anorexia and horrible things. And so now... I don't know where we're going. Like, I don't, I'm trying to guess where the special episode is going to happen. Like, is Valerie like an alcoholic and they're going to find out when she moves in? Is her dad an alcoholic and she's going to find out when they're impaired? Is the boy going to do something creepy? I'm just like, what's going to happen? Okay, number one, Harvey is never going to do anything creepy because Harvey is perfect. We aren't talking about this. We're going to keep talking about the episode. I picked this episode because very special episodes can also be ratings grabs, right? It's the thing we've talked about before. So let's just keep that in mind. That's all I'm going to say about it. Okay, that's fine. But we have a list of episodes that are... 
like sorted into bullying and guns and yep. things like that. And this episode is just about the perfect episode to make me think something horrible is just about to happen all the time. <laughs> so the next scene is at school mm-hmm. and the janitor is scraping a name off a door, the vice principal. And now I guess the vice principal was a dickhead. And this is great news for Sabrina that yeah. he's gone. The vice principal, Mr. Kraft is another one of her nemeses. He's a real Gladys Kravitz type busybody, almost always catching her out and has made her school life kind of precarious. And so she's thinking, wow, this day just keeps getting better. Libby's gone to boarding school and now Mr. Kraft has obviously been fired because they're scraping his name off the door. He's no longer the vice principal at my school. And then Harvey comes along and he says, my best friend who moved away to Texas, name of Brad, is back. Yeah, Brad, Um, who used to burn ants with a magnifying glass. Yeah. So I'm thinking all sorts of things about Brad. (laughs) I'm thinking he might also most likely be involved in a police standoff at some (laughs) point. So Brad comes in and he immediately is very cagey around Sabrina. He won't shake her hand. He's very cold. There's a weird sound effect. Well, the first Something thing that is happens off. is he aggressively throws a football at another child. Child. All these actors are 23. I'm just, I'm just pointing it out <laughs> for right now. It'll it'll come back. This is a fun fact. Brad is played by John Huertas, who currently plays Miguel Rivas on This Is Us, Mandy Moore's second husband. Oh, and this is shit. Us. Yeah. Oh, in my notes, I say, what's going on here? With lots of question marks and exclamation points. What's going on? <clears throat> you will find out later. Not, not in this not episode. Not in this episode. Yep. But for your edification, because I can tell it's bothering you, we will learn in season four, episode 18, that Brad has a witch hunter gene. He <gasps> doesn't know that about himself, but the gene makes him cautious around witches. And if he so much as says, I think this person is a witch, they turn into a mouse for 100 years. The ants will remove this gene from him in episode 18. Wow. We'll never see him again after season four. That's what we like to call the old open and shut. Yep. We go back to the home and the aunts are packing up potions because Valerie's coming. And at this point, I think that Valerie's last name must be Godot. (laughs) Because I don't think she's going to make it. I don't know why. It's because this is the first thing we started talking about and she's not there. So I'm like, oh shit. It's also the first day of school. If the whole point is to keep you in school for your senior year, where are you? So I'm like, I bet Valerie fucking died. Eyes. In my mind, I am constantly writing and rewriting the most tragic episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch that you have ever heard. It is like every oh time God, we move I love forward, it so much. it's like, uh oh, they're packing up potions. Somebody had turned themselves into a, a literal gun. I thought, I thought that I explained to you why I picked this episode before you watch it, but I'm so glad that I didn't explain it well I just, enough. I don't know. Like, I didn't think of this idea that it was like a rating scrap thing. I'm assuming because they're like, she's going to Paris forever or something like that and all the promotional stuff. Right. Get ready because now <laughs> I feel like a creep where I'm like, uh-oh. waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, also, I misread the credits on this and think that Salil Moon Fry is in this episode and I am constantly waiting for her. And oh I'm no, like, she doesn't come till the college years. Yeah, I know. And now I'm super disappointed. There's like five notes in here that's like, wait, is... Br- is Brad going to be in love with Salil Moon Fry? Is Salil Moon Fry Valerie? <laughs> what? Is she the new principal? Is she that old? <laughs> so Brad is still giving Sabrina the cold shoulder. Yeah. Sabrina tells the boy that Brad doesn't like her, and he immediately demonstrates that he doesn't seem to like her. And I'm like, is Brad secretly Valerie? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm lost in the dark here. 
So Brad gets up when Sabrina sits down yeah. with Harvey in the cafeteria. He doesn't want to be anywhere around her. And she's like, what did I do? And Harvey is mostly oblivious, which is his major character trait in the whole series. At the end of this season, fun. And I still remember... I remember when I watched this when I was a teenager, mm. and when I rewatched it just a few years ago, I had the exact same reaction, which is just like a horrified gasp. Harvey will find out Sabrina is a witch. He's already actually found out a couple of times, and she's wiped his memory. Sure. But at the end of this season, he will find out she's a witch, and she will not be able to undo that because there are, there's a limit on the number of times you can erase any particular mortal's memory. Sure. And so he breaks up with her. And he's not there at the beginning of season five. And you're just like, Uh what? And your stomach just drops if you're me. Um, If you're me, you're like, I bet he was in some sort of car crash or something like that because he was drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's secretly troubled in my mind. Right. Secretly troubled. So, okay. So we go back to the house and the ants are still upset. Done. Then we're back at school. Brad aggressively throws an apple at the boy. And is that the special episode? Is Brad... (laughs) Brad's vaguely aggressive throwing, is that going to be the issue? He's got a bit of a toxic masculinity He just throws things at me because he likes me so much. Like in his way. He doesn't know that he he throws it so hard. The ants decide to stop sitting around crying back at the house. Oh, sure. Because they're sad about Sabrina, so they go out. This is like, I guess, a kind of a B-plot, but it's not really fixable. Like, she's gonna leave. Mm. It's kind of, it feels pretty dead in the water. It's just an excuse for them to not be home later when she comes home. Sure. Yeah, they go out to see sad movies. Right, they go out to see, what, Sophie's Choice in terms terms of of endearment. endearment. They're like, I could use a good cry. So Sabrina and Harvey get into a fight about Brad because she's like, your friend is being mean to me, and Harvey's like, no, you're the one with the problem. Classic teenage mix-up. And Harvey cancels their date on her birthday, not cool Harvey. And then Sabrina finds out in rapid succession that Vice Principal Kraft, her adult nemesis, has been promoted to Principal Kraft, so and then she goes home and Valerie calls to say she's not moving in. She's going to stay with her family in Anchorage. Her aunts are gone. So they're not ha- there to counsel her. And suddenly all these things, her perfect year that was all lined up. Harvey's mad at her. Valerie's not coming. Principal Kraft is going to make her life a living hell. And she's like, fuck it. Maybe I should move to Paris, which is teenager thinking at its finest. It's like today was a bad day. It's going to be like this forever. I'm just going to move to Paris. And she apparates her fancy luggage set. That's what Chelsea wrote down because she was just concentrating on the events of this episode as they occur. She had no guesswork about what was going to happen. I know that we're at the end of Act One and they're going to reveal some horribly devastating thing (laughs) any second now. So my last three scenes are just like, are the ants going to get into a car accident on the way to the movie theater? Uh Is Brad hot for Harvey? (laughs) And if so, does he know that Harvey considers parking lot tickets to be good birthday presents? Because that would solve it. The vice principal thing is like, great. And I have here in all caps, where the fuck is Valerie? (laughs) Is Valerie literally dying, lying in a ditch somewhere? And then the last thing is Sabrina's like, I'm going to go run off to Paris. And I'm like, is that what we're learning about? That you can't solve all your problems by running off to Paris? Is Nancy Reagan going to tell us don't go to Paris at the, the end of this episode? Kind of. Kind of. And then I wrote, it's the end of Act 1 and nothing feels special. Oh. And it sounds sadder than it is. I just mean, I don't know what we're doing. Also, her father lives in the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, that's a magic thing. Yeah. Oh. Apparently, if, oh, you, yeah. if, you, uh, if you're a magical person, you have an apartment in the Eiffel Tower. Great. 
So that's the end of Act 1, and we're in Act 2, and true to her word, Sabrina has now gone to Paris, and she's living in Paris. She's living in Paris. She's trying to write a letter to what, Harvey? Trying to write a letter to Harvey. She can't figure out what to say to him. Mm. Her stepmother comes in holding, no joke, two baguettes. And oh, I didn't notice. Wearing a scarf. Now I got whole suspicions about this lady. I'm like, what's she going to do? Is she going to punch Sabrina straight in the face? <laughs> and then dad comes in and says, we're all going to Euro Disney. I mean, if you can do magic and yeah. visit the other realm yeah. and go back in time and like make anything you want and any one you want appear in front of you. What magic does Disney really hold you've missed, at you've, that point? You've missed an important word. I'm sorry if you if you mentioned this. I didn't catch it. He says, come on, we got to get to Euro Disney again. <laughs> so yes. it doesn't seem like Sabrina's been here but like three or four days. And they've gone to Euro Disney twice now. Yes. This is probably supposed to show us how amazing her life in Paris is, right? Like they go to Disney oh, sure. all the time. Yeah. They live in the Eiffel Tower. There's magical dogs. Sabrina says, hey, what about me going to school? And her dad goes, oh, I keep forgetting to look into that. Because she's she only goes to school because she wants to. Yeah. Like she's a witch and yeah. she doesn't have to go to human school. But she's like, I would really like to do that and meet some mortal kids my own age. And her dad says, oh, you are your mother's daughter. You know, like that's the mortal in you wanting to go to school, which... I don't know. I guess that's a real thing. You know, like there are, there have been instances and I've read interviews with people who were like child actors tutored on set who were like, oh, I wish I could have just gone to high school and had a locker and gone to prom and all, you know, like I think that that people who don't have that experience think it's normalizing and they want to do it. So I buy this sort of like, I would, I would like to be in school with kids my own age and not go to Disney every single day. Did you do any research on, on the effects of not going to school and socializing? I didn't. Guess that's not a special episode of that then, huh? <laughs> no. Guess not. No, sorry. So Sabrina asks if she can stay home from Disney today um, because she's homesick. And her father shows her how to use the TV to watch the Mortal Channel, yeah. which is a channel you can use to check up on any mortals you want to in the mortal realm. And there's also an amazing dog. I would stay home too, especially if stepmother left those two baguettes Yo, in the kitchen. Straight up. Baguettes. Basset hounds. Spying on people. <laughs> Fuck you, Euro Disney. What do you have? <laughs> Unless you have three baguettes, you are out of luck. <laughs> so uh, we go back to school, and, and Harvey is upset that Sabrina is gone. This is where I find out that her last name is Spellman. I got it. Brad aggressively throws something at him, and then we're back in Paris. Sabrina's locker is being cleaned out by Principal Kraft, who oh, is yeah. positively giddy that yeah. Sabrina is gone. He's got the janitor, like, cleaning it out with bleach basically erasing all signs of sabrina and harvey's miserable he's wearing the same shirt for four days brad seems nonplussed at sabrina's disappearance yeah, he's busy throwing something he's like well you win some you lose some catch here <laughs> then there's like a weird feather foot gag Wait, that makes but, less than yeah, no sense yeah, yeah you know what would be even weirder is if you're looking for <laughs> weird upsetting shit so sabrina is back in paris in the I eiffel feel like you we're trying to watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, circa I, 2018. I just, I just thought, I thought we were, I just thought that something was going to happen. And again, I've written down, where is Salil Moonfry? <laughs> Sabrina is sitting around watching. She's checking in on people she knows on this mortal channel on the TV. Yeah. And she checks in on Harvey, who is laughing. And she goes, he is so over me. Yeah. And then we cut to the school where we see Harvey is laughing because the principal is tickling him. 
with a feather, with a feather. on the bottom of his foot. Multiple problems with this. Why is the principal doing this? He should. He's like, I hate substituting. Principals don't substitute. Yeah, no. In classes, it yeah. doesn't happen that way. Here's another thing. And also, if you're substituting, you don't then come up with a lesson plan. Yeah. That involves touching a student with yeah. a feather. You're just like, we're gonna watch Rudy again. That's what they did at my high school when there was an unexpected teacher absence. So because I feel like there's gonna be a, a real lack of um, of links in the description here. I'm going to recommend that everybody go see the documentary Tickled, which is, oh, your face. Wait, is this about the competitive ticklers? Yes. Yeah, I watched that. I watched some of it and then had to stop because I was uncomfortable. <laughs> at least at least 20 minutes of it is worth watching. The gag here is that Sabrina keeps tuning in on the Mortal Channel to people seeming like they're having a good time. And as soon as she clicks away from them, it's the rest of the, the context of the scene is revealed yeah. and they're miserable. So Harvey is being tickled. That's why she thinks he looks excited and happy that she's gone. But as soon as she clicks away, we see that this is the feather thing and Harvey is actually upset. So then we go to the house, which explained to me why Hilda and Zelda witches are able to be seen on the mortal watching channel. That doesn't make sense. Hilda is sobbing. Zelda is trying to help her get her shit together without success. They're both really sad, but then they drop these boxes of potions, which turns them into penguins for a moment. Yep. And then they're laughing because they were penguins, and Sabrina picks that minute to click in when they're laughing about being having been penguins. And she takes that as further proof that no one misses her. And then a cherry on top of both of the cakes involved with <laughs> this is that Salem is crying, but he's crying over the new drapes because they clash with the comforter in Sabrina's room, which he has taken over. He's completely taken over and redecorated Sabrina's room. So Sabrina uh, is now like, I'm going to try everything I can do to fit into Paris. And- yeah, Paris is my life now. Melvin the dog is my favorite character on TV. They keep cutting to Melvin and he's doing various hilarious slash cute things. And I wish he had had his own spinoff series. Melvin, I felt like that's what they were trying to the do with this Eiffel dog. Tower thing, by the way. It felt like they were like, hey, here's an old... New set of circumstances. Will people react to this? There was a backdoor pilot for a spinoff that didn't go in, I think, season five. Melissa Joan Hart's sister, younger mm. sister, played her cousin sure. in several I episodes. I feel like I remember this. And there was a backdoor pilot about the cousin being sent off to a boarding school for witches and wizards sure. run by the guy who played Mr. Sheffield on The Nanny. Oh. And that was going to be a spinoff, but then it didn't go because I guess we were all just waiting for Harry Potter. Yeah, I guess um, they <laughs> Like, this this kid wizard stuff will never work. Right. That's that. And then they stood perfectly still for four or five years. And then, and then now everyone's crying. Yep. So result, basically, Sabrina thinks everyone has moved on. And she's like, well, my life is now in Paris. And I've got to fit in as much as I can here. Yep. So now we're approaching the inmost cave. Sure. Sabrina tells her dad, hey, hey I'm all in on being a teen witch. Can I ask you, in that inmost cave, are we going to find Valerie or Salil Moonfry? We already know Valerie's not coming. Uh, so she said. Well, how did you get the idea that Soleil Moon Fry was in this episode? Her name was listed in, in the show credits, but I had the show IMDb open and the episode IMDb oh, open. Oh, yeah. She's not in this season and at all. And then by like the third or fourth scene, I'm like, wow, I'm really, I, I wonder if I'll be able to guess what the special episode is. I better not consult those credits anymore. Yeah. Soleil Moon Fry is never coming, Andy. Yeah, I know that this now. This is your own personal waiting for Godot. I guess. Waiting for Soleil, whose name means sun, so that works on a lot of levels. Well, watch out. The betrayal that I feel is a very special episode in my life. <laughs> I feel like we're having a very special episode here about expectations and communication. I guess so. so Sabrina tells her dad, hey, 
I'm all in on being a witch teen. I don't even want to go to school anymore. This is going to be awesome. Let's just go full Disney every day. And he says, (laughs) Disney every day. He says, this doesn't sound like you. Are you doing okay here? And she says, well, I was supposed to go to this Britney Spears concert. And he says, say no more. And poof, and he apparates Britney into their living room straight from the concert. Like, she's in mid-song yeah. dancing. She's got her Garth Brooks microphone on. Sure does. She's not or wearing... Or Chris Gaines microphone. It could be <laughs> one or the other. The 90s were all about midriffs. No one owned a full-length shirt. She and Melissa Joan Hart are both wearing crop tops. And she's singing You Drive Me Crazy, which is, of course, the whole reason that Britney is on this episode. Absolutely. We'll talk about that in a moment. What was your reaction to Britney Spears apparating into the room? First thing, I'm glad that Dad cut her off because the next words were going to be parking lot. <laughs> and then he would have like, well, I can bring a parking lot here right now. And then it would just like... He'd have brought a piece of asphalt, and he's like, there, honey, are no, you no, happy? No, 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 she wants a car. Why not have a parking lot full of cars there brought go. to her in the Eiffel Tower? I don't know. I'm still waiting for somebody to take a pill. Um, <laughs> so I, I had no idea. And at this point, I'm, I'm what, we're scene eight in act two. We've only got three scenes left, and I'm like... Maybe this isn't a very special episode. (laughs) Britney Spears coming on makes me go, unless they're going to segue into some weird kidnapping message, (laughs) we're all done here. So that's that. Um, (laughs) I wrote it down here. This is clearly a warning about kidnapping. Uh, Or maybe Britney can't read. So uh, there's a little concert. Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. (laughs) Allegedly. So, so this is why I chose this episode, not because there is a very special uh, lesson to be learned, mm-hmm. but because very special episodes sometimes were about guest stars sure. or ratings grabs or cross promotions, and that's what this is. So it's a different kind of very special episode that we've ever done. What's going on here is Britney Spears is singing the song, You Drive Me Crazy, to cross promote the movie of the same name, in which movie teen romantic comedy melissa joan hart plays the romantic lead and britney does the titular soundtrack oh. song in in fact they changed the name of the movie to drive me crazy because of the britney spears song on the mm. soundtrack and so this is all cross promotion that movie was had just come out or was coming out this is like britney sabrina movie triple promotion apparently melissa joan hart and britney were BFF in real life at this time, too. Melissa Joan Hart, 23, Brittany, 18. Sure. Makes sense because they were both hugely successful teenage stars. They'd both been in the public eye since childhood. Mm. I imagine they were, they had had very similar experiences that very few people understood and probably bonded. I think they met on the set of the music video because if you watch the music video for Drive Me Crazy, it's scenes from the movie, but it's also Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian Grenier this who was played the... I looked this up and, and I was... They're both in the video, not like interacting oh, with Britney in Spears as well. Yeah. So it's like a, this whole kind of me- messed up universe where everything, uh, if time's a flat circle and everything is involved with everything else. Cheers. Britney does not freak out at being suddenly in the Eiffel Tower with two people having just been zapped out of a concert because she's like, I keep having these one-on-one dreams. I think I'm stressed out and lonely. Yeah. And so she and Sabs get to chatting. Sabs. Yeah. Quick cut to a little bit later. Britney is teaching Sabrina some dance moves Mm -hmm. and they're talking about all Sabrina's problems and Britney's counseling her that she's running away, taking the easy way out. You have to face your problems. Sounds to me like you need to be honest with your dad. You need to be honest with Harvey and all of these things. And then Sabrina's like, 
did not agreeing that any of this is correct and just kind of spazzes Adam. So Dan's moves and Brittany's like, can I go home? Yeah. And Sabrina says, oh yeah. And disapparates her. This was somebody's, somebody had some fanfic about this, this encounter, by the way. Yeah, sure. Somebody either had like Sabrina and Britney Spears adventures fanfic mm-hmm. or I'm a witch and I did this with Britney Spears Sabrina one Spears. time. Sabrina Spears. <laughs> That better be what you use to kill Sabrina and Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, cut that out. Aww. Cut that out. She's been through a lot. She leave, has. Leave Britney and Sabrina alone. Leave Britney and Sabrina alone. <laughs> so she's, uh, this is where I realized that I go back and look at the credits and realize that Salil Moonfry isn't in this episode. And then dad comes home and he has to go to Pluto uh-huh. because there's a civil war. Yep. Okay, TV series. Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he has to go because Sabrina's already ready to go home. To go home. Yeah. It's not much of a decision. Well, keep it in mind. But it's made. So she does go home and there's nobody there. Uh-oh. Yep. So this is the Supreme Ordeal, I guess. We're kind of smashing through all of these things. Sure. But Sabrina had to choose whether or not to go home and, de- and face her problems, I guess that's the thing. And so she she decides, yes, yeah, she's going to go home. At the same time, their dad's kind of like, you could stay here, but I'm not even going to be here. The whole yeah. reason you moved here to be with me is going to be gone. So it's not much of a decision, but she makes it. And then no one seems to be home. And she says aloud, they knew I was coming back. Right. And then she opens up the door to the kitchen, and there is a sad little welcome home party yeah. for her with one cake. It's so <laughs> I guess they don't care enough. It's kind of on par with the birthday party, but even sadder. But there, she's happy to be back. They're overjoyed. There hasn't mm. re- she hasn't really like learned anything about appreciating her life, not no. in any real way. But whatever, this was a hundred percent about Britney Spears and cross promoting the movie. And I guess Britney yeah. Spears must have been on a concert tour or something. And then it turns out that Salem started that civil war on Pluto. Where yeah, so people I suppose are going to be murdered because Salem started a war that wasn't even a necessary excuse to get Sabrina back home. Yep. Cool. Just don't think it through, I guess. And and Zelda decides not to turn Salem into the Witch's Council, which is the governing body they're always getting in trouble with. And one of the people in the Witch's Council is Pendulet. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just uh, in yeah. the documentary version of this. Harvey is psyched that she's back, and he's also clingy that she's back. Yeah. He literally won't let her go. He's walking. He's got his arms around her, and she's walking, and he's just attached to her. Yeah. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So let's take some... If this had happened earlier in the episode, I'd had a lot of theories about it, but now I'm <laughs> but just no, like, I'm numb. Their attachment styles. So let's take stock for season four for Sabrina. Harbrina, which is the couple, stronger than ever. Jesus. Libby... Teenage girl nemesis out. Jesus Valerie, Christ. best friend, also out. That's kind of, <laughs> kind of a wash. Fucking Christ. <laughs> Principal Craft, <laughs> adult nemesis, has been promoted and ostensibly will wield more power now than he ever has. So that's bad. And then Brad, we don't know what's his deal, but clearly there's a wild card element to Brad. So the best year ever theory, it's definitely going to be a complicated senior year of high school. But probably not the best year ever. Everything's not going her way, but she still decided not to live in the Eiffel Tower and to come back to Greendale and go to school. And Harvey says, hey, Brad, will you please be nicer to Sabrina? Because I really love her. And Brad's like, whatever. And they walk like down the hall and that's all we get of that. And there'll be 17 more episodes of him being cagey around Sabrina. But before we find out, he's a witch cool, hunter. Cool, man. 
then the principal is like, uh-oh, Sabrina's back. And Sabrina casts a dancing spell on him. And then we watch him dance for a while. To You Drive Me Crazy, of course. It's of the course. only song anyone can dance to in this the episode. The only song that exists in this episode. And the students are laughing at him. And he says, haven't you ever seen anyone get jiggy before? Which was a two-year-old joke, even at that time. Yeah. Big Willie Style came out two years before this episode, so... I think we all know when Big <laughs> Willie Style came out. Thank you. So then, <laughs> then we have our very last scene, which takes place in the, 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 parking, the parking lot. lot. And it's everything a woman been, could imagine. You have been obsessed with this parking lot. Ooh, it's glitz and glamour <laughs> in a parking lot. There's a limo. Yeah. Britney Spears is going to come out of this concert, which started at, I'm guessing, 10 a.m. because it's bright daylight outside. And this is Harvey. <laughs> yeah. Harvey says this was fun, even though we didn't get to see the show. No, it wasn't. No, <laughs> There's it wasn't. also a misspelled sign that says, Britney, you're Y-O-U-R too cool. Uh, Someone's holding, which made me die a little inside. Sure. Uh, fans are waiting and everyone's screaming, trying to catch a glimpse of Brit Brit as she runs out. And Britney comes out of the door and she looks at Sabrina like, do I know you for just like a second too long? And then gets in the limo and goes off and Harvey's like, hey, she looked at you like she knows you. And Sabrina says, in her dreams. And then <laughs> the most disturbing thing happens. The principal comes out and he is still <laughs> dancing. And he says, they shoot horses, don't they? Which no teenage child no. would <laughs> understand they shoot horses don't they is a mm-hmm. movie from the 50s or 60s 1969 1969 which stars jane fonda and others it's about a depression era dance competition endurance dance marathon right. that goes on for weeks yes where the the winner is going to get like a bundle of cash right. and it's all these desperate people dancing for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's incredibly depressing. And and people are falling this way and that. And you get the understanding throughout the, the, the entire movie that if you don't win, the people are so desperate that if they don't win this competition, they are just destitute. Yeah. They're, all, they're as good as dead. The title comes from the fact that uh, Jane Fonda at one point says, this is cruelty. This life in our society is cruelty. They shoot horses. When horses are sick or lame. Right. When horses Why, can't run anymore. Yeah. They don't They do not do that with us. Our and life is a miserable waste. And then at the end, they find out Jane Fonda and her dance partner are set to win. And they find out that expenses will be deducted from the prize money, which means whoever wins will get next to nothing. Yeah. And so she wants to kill herself, but she can't bring herself to to shoot the gun and so her dance partner shoots her and the police come and they say why did you shoot that girl and he says they shoot horses horses, don't they they? all of that wrapped up like fucking let's get this here at the (laughs) end joke so after this this incredibly off-putting moment where no one but the actor playing principal craft would have understood what was being said yeah the movie, Drive Me Crazy, was a moderate box office success, mm. uh, memorable to me because the Donnas appeared in it. The Donnas are a all-female oh, yeah, yeah, band yeah, yeah. that I, I believe to be the spiritual successors to the Ramones. Musical guests appeared a lot on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It was the biggest show on ABC at the time. It was a huge hit with teenagers. And so any band that was on tour, had a new album coming out or anything, wanted to make a guest appearance. It was it was a yeah. real hallmark of the series. If there were a dance, they mm-hmm. might play it a dance. Sometimes it would be a thing like this where they, just because Sabrina was a witch, she could interact with celebrities in a way that normal people couldn't as, sure. as a... 
as a side effect of her powers. Around season seven, she Sabrina lands a job at rock magazine Scorch mm-hmm. and starts interviewing musicians for work. And so there are even more appearances oh. then. List of other musical guests, not complete. Some other musical sure. guests that appeared in addition to Britney Spears. The Violent Femmes. Wow. 10,000 Maniacs. In Sync. Debrat. Paula Abdul, Hanson, Aaron Carter, and Usher. Aaron Carter? The one who beat Shaq? <laughs> yes, I think this is before he beat Shaq. Really? He would have been too big after he beat Shaq. <laughs> they wouldn't that have never have you gotten him. wouldn't return Sabrina's call he after that. He never would have gotten him. That's how I beat Shaq. The reason I wanted to do this was because, A, I love the show, but B, this is the example of very special episodes as a pure, we need to promote something to teenagers. Let's get a hot pop star involved and get them out to see this movie. It makes sense now. And I'm sorry that I was grumpy earlier with you. It takes, it makes total sense, especially once we're talking about it and you're like, well, Britney Spears was in this as a promotional tool for both her and Melissa Joan Hart. That makes total sense. Yeah. I just, I, I just, I feel like if you're listening out there, writers and producers of the new darker Sabrina, I got some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of real morbid they ideas. Start and end with Soleil Moon Fry being on your show. They do. Um, and, and then and, if you need there, a Britney Spears ex machina somewhere in there. <laughs> Maybe. she's She might be around. Did it take place in Vegas? Yeah, happens in Vegas. Must have been a fun little romp down memory it lane. It was just a fun romp for me. It was harrowing. <laughs> I can tell for you it was a real mental exercise. There was a lot going on for me. But uh, let's try to figure out what did we learn from this episode. My favorite thing is I learned that the guy that played Brad, who was fixed in my memory very specifically, mm-hmm. is now on This Is Us. Oh, sure. And so I was like, oh, that's how I know. So when I watched This Is Us, I was like, I know that guy from somewhere, but I'm not going to look it up. It's interesting. And now I've I've figured it out. I learned that Sabrina the Teenage Witch didn't uh, start their season off without getting into too much trouble. I I learned that the characters on Sabrina the Teenage Witch are just fine, thank you. (laughs) They're okay. They're They're going to be be okay. They're going to be fine, at least right now. You don't have to worry about them, folks. They're not in a ditch somewhere. They probably can all pretty much read. Yeah, it was a lot of internal struggle in this episode. Sure was. Who did you want to hug? Harvey. Me. I wanted to hug me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wanted to hug goddamn Valerie. I don't believe this Anchorage bullshit. Something's going on here, and if you follow the clues... She made a promise, and then she broke it. No one looked into it. No one asked about her welfare. So I'm I'm glad we did this. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry that, that I didn't explain well enough to you why I picked this episode. That's okay. It made for a funny thing, but we'll get it right next time. Yeah. Hey, Chelsea. What are we watching next time? Next time we are watching an episode of the show Dinosaurs, season three, episode 15, Steroids to Heaven. You can catch it on Hulu. Fantastic. Well, is there actually, there's an issue in this one, though. I mean, we'll find out. Or does Brit Rock Spears... It's called Steroids to Heaven, so I feel like there's not a lot of uh, (laughs) ambiguity. Yeah. Uh, Join us next time, folks. We'll see you then. Bring snacks. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks.